Welcome to the Skift Podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trend lines. Modern marketing and travel comes with modern difficulties. The rise of social media, new technology, and shifting consumer tastes, just to name a few. Skift has been talking to chief marketing officers across the travel industry about the challenges they face in their jobs, where they get insights, what helps them make smarter decisions, and what keeps them up at night. Joining us in the Skift office today is Rich Fontaine, CMO of Lindblad Expeditions, the small ship expedition company. And with us by Skype is Noel Laveau, CMO of Visit Dallas. They're joining me, Skift podcast host Hannah Sampson and reporter Dan Peltier. Thank you, Rich and Noel, so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Yep. So in keeping with the theme of our series, which is really what keeps CMOs up at night, um, let's let's start with that very dramatic question. Um, and we'll start with you, Rich, since you're right here. Wh- what is it about your job as CMO of Lindblad Expeditions that keeps you up at night? Uh, you know, I, I think first and foremost would be any catastrophic event like September 11th or the recession of 2008 and 9. You know, those were enormously impactful, um, not only for the overall economy, uh, but specifically to the travel industry. And let's, you know, travel is a discretionary purchase. And those are the things that uh, that immediately were affected by the recession. And post 9-11, people's fears of travel uh, had a major impact. So uh, I wasn't at Lindblad during those times, but I've heard from several of my colleagues how difficult it was to work, um, work our way out of that. So uh, you know, hopefully nothing like that, uh, will occur in, in the near future. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we see, su- su- you know, certain periods where consumer confidence, you know, ebbs and flows, uh, obviously, uh, when people are feeling a little skittish, uh, because the stock market has dropped 15 points or 15%, like it has at certain times over the past few years for our demographic, who's, uh, you know, usually a little older and uh, and and might be more focused on their uh, investment portfolio, funding their future travel needs. That that has an impact too. Um, and then lastly, it's um, events that happen around the world that affect people's uh, confidence in traveling to regions. You know, recent terrorist attacks in Europe, things like the Zika virus in South America. Um, any of those can obviously have a huge impact on the travel industry. Uh, what about you, Noel? Well, I think for us, you know, in regards to being a destination, it's really specific to just our overall brand. Um, you know, Dallas, it's about the percep- travel is about the perception of what you'll experience when you're there. And Dallas has had a very challenging time, I think, over the years, really being able to present the actual experience, what Dallas really is versus what people's perception of Dallas is. Um, and we fight this every day. You know, people know Dallas as a business destination. You oftentimes hear people say, oh, yeah, I've been to Dallas. And then when you actually dig a little bit further, they've been to DFW Airport, <laughs> right? which is actually not Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're fighting that perception. And that's actually what keeps me up at night, because really, it's until people come here, um, they don't really know that Dallas is a very metropolitan, you know, highly cultured, lots of different neighborhoods, very diverse um, city and community that I think really impacts the type of experience people have when they travel here. But it's a hard story to tell when 
1978 Dallas television show is still showing in Australia. Um, you know, when people's vision is still JR. And if you come here and you're at a restaurant in Dallas with a cowboy hat on, we're all going to be staring at you and wondering <laughs> who the guy in the cowboy hat is. Um, but that's still the perception. And as much as we have chipped away at that, what keeps me up is that I know that nobody ever says, I want to travel to this place because I know nothing about it. There's usually something you know about a destination. And I think we travel for the expectation of an experience, even if it's one that we're not exactly sure what it is. It's the mystique of that. Um, and Dallas struggles with that. And that keeps me up because I'm not really sure how we change that perception you know, one traveler at a time to have the impact that we need to have to have people, you know, come travel and visit here. So let's quickly talk about the most pressing challenges that both of you are tackling in your role. Uh, Noelle, I know that Dallas is really trying to reposition itself to highlight its neighborhood and luxury offerings. And if I can just quickly add a little anecdote to that. So Hannah and myself have actually both been to Dallas within the past month. Um, a beautiful city, of course. And um, personally for me, I was taking um, an Uber to my hotel um, one day um, and just chatting with um, this very kind Uber driver who was telling me, um, you know, what I should do in the city and this and that. And um, I said, oh, well, where do you live in Dallas? And she's like, oh, well, I, I forget the name of the neighborhood, but she said, oh, like we just actually moved um, out of the city. We were living more downtown and we now moved into this really cool neighborhood where there's so much to do. And she was just so passionate about where she lived and really as a local saying that neighborhoods are really where it's at in Dallas. And I also saw that um, firsthand um, and Rich, regrettably, I haven't been on a Lidlad expedition <laughs> yet, but I also know that um, your company um, has some ambitious growth plans. So how about Rich, we start with you? Uh, sure. You know, obviously that that growth plan is uh, an, an, a big challenge for us. You know, we uh, last year we threw a, a merger with another organization, then a public offering. We raised a lot of capital to build several new ships that we've already committed to. Um, one coming into service each in 2017, 18, and 19. And so the the expectation is to be able to grow the number of guests that we that travel with us by 50 percent over the next five years. That's a pretty ambitious um, uh, goal. And, uh, you know, we have been operating at very high guest yields to begin with, uh, with minimal discounting. So uh, we, we feel pretty confident that there's the demand that exists out there to, to fill those ships, uh, particularly in the geographies that we sell out well in advance, Alaska, Antarctica, places like that, where, you know, we, we always wish we had more inventory. Um, at the same time, though, there are more competitors entering the expedition travel space. Uh, for years, there were very few players in there beyond Lindblad, and now we see uh, uh, Silver Sea expanding their own presence in there. We see Panant expanding. We see Crystal uh, getting into the expedition travel space. Uh, and then some players uh, uh, from outside the U.S. and other parts of the world. And uh, sure, that concerns us. You know, we we feel pretty confident, though. We're you know, we invented the category. We're the uh, most authentic expedition travel experience. It's the only thing we do, and therefore we think we do it really well. Um, but competition uh, is always you know concerning. Um, so, sure. And Noelle, how about you? So again, back to really getting the word out about Dallas's destination and, and what the actual experience is. Um, there, there are a couple of things. I think that there's also a shift in meetings and conventions. 
right? And what I mean by that is we can push on ROI all the time. Dallas is going to be more affordable. It's in the middle of the country, so it's easily accessible. We've got a lot of hotel product. But at the end of the day, what I'm hearing from meeting planners are comments like, but when I book Dallas or I put you on my short list, executives are saying, why would we go to Dallas? Right. So again, it's back to that experience. Um, and so one of the challenges I think that we're facing now is how do we use our residents to help tell our story more about our city? Um, and, you know, social is one of those ways that, that you can potentially do that. But it's about building brand ambassadors again, but larger, I think, you know, from residents. When you talk about competition, you know, as being part of the challenge, what's also happened is that um, other cities are improving their experience because oftentimes in smaller places, it's easier to do. You know, Dallas has a lot of players involved, right? So, you know, I can't just decide to, you know, swipe my magic wand and build a convention entertainment district that has green spaces and, you know, anchored by two hotels and bring an outdoor amphitheater. If I had it my way, I would do all of those things. But when we have places like Nashville improving their experience, you know, because they've got a smaller, tighter knit community, they all of a sudden become competitors to us that weren't competitors before. And what we're finding is that it's not just about the convention space anymore. I mean, there are big shows and they're going to need a place like Dallas, but everyone else is looking for, are my attendees going to say yes when they get the invite and it says Dallas on it? And so as other cities start to improve their overall visitor experience, we're finding that we have different competition than we had before in that space. So in actuality, that leisure and business, um, that the actually the intersection of those two things, I think is becoming more blurred. And so again, it really goes back to um, developing the experience within the city, which is like I said, in a city like ours, which is actually a big city can be a challenge because you don't have as much control because of the number of players involved. You, you guys have like very different companies and or very different um, organizations that you're working with, but it seems like something that is in common for both of you is like the unknown or the, the unknown fear of the unknown or, or miss the, un, the misunderstood. Um, mm-hmm. So what, what's been really successful for you to pierce through that, um, that, that unknown quantity or, or misunderstandings about your company or your destination, what has really worked so far for you maybe recently um, to get your message across? Um, Noah, why don't we start with you? So for us, it's been the public engagement campaign we did when we launched the big campaign, which was our marketing campaign we launched back in um, 2013. And it was you know, one of those things where it really involved social media and involved the residents. We have these gigantic, you know, six foot tall B&G sculptures. You stand in the middle and you're the eye in big. And, you know, it was a simple con- concept but people really got into it. We had these sculptures all around the city, but it was twofold. One, like I said before, we wanted to engage the residents as brand ambassadors and get them pushing that out in their social feeds. But the other part is that we put these sculptures in places, kind of our underappreciated assets. So um, a lot of even residents would say there's not much to do in Dallas. So we made sure that of these, these 22 sets were across the city from White Rock Lake, which people don't think we have any outdoor activities, but you can go kayaking on White Rock Lake, you know, a lot of different activities that people don't really know about. So we use the public engagement piece, not only to get um, our residents involved and to get them spreading the message, but to also literally show people the different things that there were to do in the city. 
I think that's been really successful, some, somewhat at the right place at the right time. You know, a lot of cities had these tours that they had, whether it be, you know, Chicago and, you know, the cows that are around town in different places. But we were at the right point in time because social media didn't really exist even when some of those campaigns started. But for us, you know, it took off because all people were doing at the time were taking pictures of themselves. Like we, we really capitalized on the selfie generation <laughs> by using this concept. And it worked really well for us because no matter what, travel is still a word of mouth business, right? And so when you see a friend of yours, you know, out around their own city saying, hey, this is so much fun. We went out to White Rock Lake today. We went kayaking and we took this picture as the eye in big because big things happen in Dallas. You know, that's a word of mouth um, play that I can't even pay for, right? Because you're more interested in what your friends are doing and will probably react to that and maybe ask the deeper question of, oh, wow, we didn't know people even went outside in Dallas. And people think it's so hot here that we don't go outside. We have a lot of outdoor activities. And then hopefully people will want to learn more. So I think that that public engagement, because everything that is social, you know, it's online and offline, right? Um, online things only exist because of what we're doing offline, and then vice versa, right? That online um, really becomes an offline conversation if you're interested in going. I mean, I'm sure, you know, with the expeditions, I mean, I, I'm just excited to see more about what people really do on those expeditions because that will start intriguing me to think about would I ever do that. Um, and so that's something that I think has been really effective for us, which is why we still are working on those um visiting friends and relative kind of campaigns and how we use the residents to do that and extend that even further. Um, so I don't know, Rich, if Lindblad is tapping into the selfie generation as much or, or, or what else has been really no. successful for you? Well, I, you know, uh, you know, carrying on the point that Noelle made about word of mouth being so valuable for us, it's the you know, referrals are enormously valuable. So, you know, so someone who may not have traveled with Lindblad before comes back from their first expedition in the Galapagos hopefully had a fabulous time and tells, you know, 10 of their friends and shares their photos with them. And, um, boy, that is, uh, enormously powerful for us because there's a, there's a certain, um, you know, it's, it's still a very much a niche segment of the travel industry. You know, we're not like the big cruise lines. As a matter of fact, we never use the word cruise in any of our marketing materials. We want to be very, uh, distinct in, in, in stating that you, the ship is the platform that brings our guests to these remote, pristine geographies around the world where you probably can't really get to them unless you are on a small, nimble expedition ship. So the inner passageways and harbors of Alaska, the big cruise ships don't go there. We do with our small 62 passenger vessels. Similarly in the Galapagos, the only way to, to be able to visit several of the Galapagos islands uh, is on a, is on an expedition ship. And you know, the government of Ecuador limits the size to a hundred guests or, or fewer. Antarctica, same way. Um, so convincing people that it's not a cruise in the context of getting on a, you know, 4,000 passenger vessel and where all the activity happens on board the ship for us, all the activity and, and excitement and learning and what, and exposure to wildlife and nature, um, and, and beautiful, uh, scenery happens off the ship. Um, we try to, you know, we obviously provide a, a phenomenally, uh, comfortable guest experience while you're on board, um, but it's, it's making people knowledgeable about, um, about what is unique about that experience. And that is, it's far different than, um, than the general cruise category. So getting that message across, um, or, or what has been like 
the best way for you to get that message across if it was a specific campaign or um, yeah i think you know our where we do really well is our use of video so every one of our expeditions has um a, a video chronicler on board that that captures the entire guest experience so that at the end of the uh, a week long or two week long expedition our guests can go home with a with a dvd or a thumb drive of of you know it's it's like someone captured the entire thing on video for them and we shoot enough video enough b-roll that we then rep repurpose that for marketing purposes and that that helps immensely in trying to differentiate to guess what the experience actually looks like and and to see actual guests reactions to um, the first time they've ever witnessed uh, you know a whole pot of penguins in in Antarctica or something it's there's nothing more dramatic than actual guests reactions so so kind of the perfect follow-up to that you know as a marketer which distribution channels matter most to you today uh, or the ones that you think are most impactful. And I guess it's also worth asking, you know, are digital channels the best way to communicate your message to consumers? Noelle, you were saying sometimes, um, you know, you can't pay for certain offline interactions, um, but Rich, you um, really feel the power of video is where it's at. Um, how about Noelle, if you wanted to go first? Yeah, you know, I do think it's interesting um, when we think about traditional channels, right? I mean, it, outdoor, you know, kind of used to be king in a city like ours. So a lot of other markets, you know, and we focused in the very beginning of our campaign on a lot of outdoor. Now, of course, outdoor can only really be used for brand awareness. You can't tell a story in outdoor. Um, and so when we first launched our campaign, you know, Dallas had never really had funding for a consumer or a leisure travel advertising campaign. And so, really, we had never been out of market saying, hey, come to Dallas just for fun. Dallas was known as a business town, you know, and a meetings and conventions town. And so, it was really effective just for people to kind of go, huh, I never even really thought of Dallas as we were showing imagery of people doing other things that you just do on a fun vacation. And so, it was effective for that period of time when it was really just about brand awareness. But as we started to get deeper into why would you come to Dallas for a leisure, you know, trip or vacation or getaway, really? Um, we really found that we had to use different channels. You know, television still works for us in that. However, television is obviously very expensive. So we had to adapt what markets we were going to be in um, where we thought our message would resonate the most. So really, um, the channel sometimes also dictates where when you've got you know certain budget constraints where you can go so television works because you can tell a more vibrant story of course then that also translates into digital and digital video so i think those two are very effective when you're trying to tell a certain story and evoke a certain emotion and so we've moved further away from outdoor and using you know more channels like that um one thing that i know you know we've all been kind of talking about are what are some of the technologies and different things that we're looking at using or we would like to start using and um you know as you were talking about video we're really looking at this whole virtual reality scenario and how we use more of that type of video on our website i mean our website is probably where we reach the most people every year our website sees you know almost three and a half million people a year and so really trying to invest more in what our website video experience is 
is a big place for us because we can tell not only a story, but stories that really resonate based on what that person has been searching, obviously, you know, in, in their online experience. And so we can go deep in some of our culinary videos, or we can go deep in regards to some of our arts and culture and behind the scenes at the Wiley Theater, which you can't do anywhere else because your message has to be broader. So I, I think that digital and really, um, you know, the ability to find that niche marketing by driving them back to a specific place on our website where there is virtual reality and interactive video. I mean, that's where we're starting to move because the other channels are just too broad. And Dallas is a very diverse destination. So to tell our whole story oftentimes doesn't get that rich experience for someone. And so digital helps us be able to answer that very specific question for someone in regards to what they're looking for and deliver that message. So I think we're still there. Um, I think that there are other things that we would start to start to, we would like to start looking at um, as we move away from some of the traditional uh, advertising pieces. But when I say that moving away from traditional advertising can be very challenging um, because that's what people are used to seeing. You know, we all have boards. My board um, in regards to the tourism public improvement district are all hoteliers. And so they still want to see, you know, what, magazine ads like the Hyatt is doing, right? And so I would say that's another challenge. Another challenge is getting others to buy into kind of the shift that I think a lot of CMOs are seeing, which is that the traditional channels aren't as effective as they used to be um, because everyone is a mouthpiece, right? Social media allows everybody to be a, a broadcaster or a media outlet. And so I just think the dynamics of those channels has really changed. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, one, one of... Uh, our challenges in terms of the social media aspect is, you know, you want people, I'm sure, uh, you know, Noel feels so excited when people are actually visiting Dallas and take photos of themselves at some iconic Dallas destination or some great experience. And they immediately post it to their social networks and people know, Hey, Joe's in Dallas is having a great time. We have a, you know, a big challenge for us is people can be on an expedition ship in a remote part of the world with, limited to no internet service. Um, and, and we have to hope that those people are maybe going to post on their social networks when they return. Um, so it, we've, you know, it, it is a, it is a real obstacle, uh, in terms of trying to find, um, you know, cost, uh, effective, reliable internet service in remote parts of the, of the planet. Um, so, you know, in terms of the, the media mix though, I would say with the exception of, of television and radio, you know, we're in basically every other, uh, channel, you know, the traditional channels still, uh, work for us in terms of, at, you know, print, uh, at least in terms of generating interest and brand awareness and leads. So people requesting more information about, you know, what it's like the experience to travel to the places we do. Um, also, you know, strong lead generation and traffic generation through Google and through Facebook um, and our ability to target those audiences really well. Um, direct mail uh, it, to our demographic is still a very effective means of, of acquiring leads and converting leads into bookings. Uh, we, we use some long storytelling to, um, to be able to explain, you know, what it is, what's unique about our experiences, um, how it's different than other types of travel experiences, and also to justify the fairly high price point. Um, and, and, you know, so, but 
we're always you know looking to to innovate in new channels so in the digital space for instance native advertising you know it's the big buzz what's you know everyone trying to do native effort we've had very little success there i don't know why i, I you know i think we tell stories really well I, it would seem logical that native advertising would 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 work really well for us but it hasn't um and you know we, we haven't given up on it we continue to you know to test the uh, new storytelling and, and, and new platforms in that space. Um, but it seemed obvious and it wasn't. So, yeah. Noel, you talked about the selfie generation. Um, it, do you feel, or how do you feel like today's audiences have changed? Your, your target has changed. Do you feel like they can see more clearly through something that's obviously um, like a, a marketing ploy, one of the buzzwords that we always hear is authenticity. Um, so how do you try to come up with the kinds of campaigns that people won't turn away from because they feel like it's too manufactured? Yeah. I mean, you say authenticity is a, bu a buzzword, but let's be honest, that's what we all react to, right? <laughs> we like authentic people. We like authentic experiences. Um, I do think that, using real people having real experiences, you know, like you were saying, it's to watch someone's reaction and some of the experiences that you're having on your expedition. Well, that's, you know, that's gold, right? Because we can actually see someone feeling something and we want to feel that way too. Um, so I think that, I think that advertising has changed significantly in regards to that, especially for brands like ours that are experiential. Um, you can't just tell someone something and they believe it, right? And part of the reason why is because also there are 10 other channels or 10,000 um, on Yelp or anything else telling them something different, right? So um, I think that's why the storytelling has become so important. But I think that also the use of real people and real experiences has become more important. Um, you know, before social media, I would think that I would say that the healthcare industry really, you know, had the kind of cornered this with, this is a real doctor, right? You know, or this is a real patient. Like they started that whole thing. Um, and then social just gave us more access to those real people, I think. And so for some of our campaigns in our digital, one of our last digital videos, we casted a real couple that lives in Dallas. Um, they happen to be an interracial couple, which plays really well into the diversity message that we're often trying to tell people about Dallas. You know, Dallas is not your old school, white, conservative cowboy town. You know, this is an African-American male and a, you know, white woman have been married. They've got a couple of kids and they live in Dallas and they like to go out and experience the great things Dallas has. I think you have to show that level of, of authenticity. Um, I think that I think the audience demands it now because there's so many other ways for them to gather information. Um, most recently, I would say, uh, if you missed it, I don't know how, but the woman with the Chewbacca mask yeah. <laughs> did not miss you know, it. <laughs> happens to be from a suburb in Dallas. And, you know, one thing I said, and we've been saying in social is that friendly laugh, that welcoming style, that's who we are down here. Right. Um, and, that might get us more attention in regards to, hey, I might really want to come to Dallas and meet more people like Candace, you know, than me coming out with a shiny, glossy ad that you're seeing on a page while you're searching travel. Doing anything with Candace at this point, or are you guys like retweeting <laughs> the video? Well, you know, we have. We've reached out and, you know, we'll probably have her do some fun things. Some of our um, 
you know, the Dallas Zoo is great on this in the social arena. And so, you know, they're bringing Candace and her kids out there and we'll partner up with them. And, um, you know, but that kind of stuff will draw more attention than any ad I can probably put out there. And so I think it's capitalizing on those kinds of experiences that really help because I can say in my message all the time, you know, come on down here, we're real friendly. But when I can show you someone who laughs like that, that infectious kind of personality, and she lives in Dallas, it's gold, right? Yeah, you so. guys hit the jackpot <laughs> with yeah, that exactly. accidentally. <laughs> um, Rich, you guys need a, a Chewbacca mask. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take her on an expedition. Right, yeah. <laughs> I guess, you know, uh, along the similar lines, you know, our, our exclusive alliance with National Geographic kind of provides, um, you know, that level of kind of scientific knowledge and insights that, that guests can come aboard the ship and, and interact with a, an NG researcher uh, and an NG photographer and get photo lessons. And um, it's, you know, the, w- the way it's marketed is bringing the pages of National Geographic to life. Uh, that is a very obviously important uh partnership for us uh 12 years running and 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 we expect it to last a very long time uh you know our ships are all branded with national geographic's names you know the the flagship of our fleet the national geographic explorer almost makes it sound like you're on a, a scientific research vessel um that that creates a very authentic experience um that that's different than uh any other type of ocean going vessel um Similarly, I'd be remiss not to talk about the travel agent community because, you know, they are huge supporters of us, particularly those agents who um, have had the fortune of traveling with us. Because uh, when when someone comes into their office, if they happen to be in an office or they make contact with them and say, you know, my spouse and I are interested in in traveling to the Galapagos, who, who should we go with? Hopefully, first mention off the top of their head would be Lindblad Expeditions. They pioneer their space. They have the most authentic, immersive uh, uh, experience out there. It's the only thing they do. They, you know, they're experts at it. They have the most uh, seasoned expedition teams. And I happen to have traveled also with Lindblad to Galapagos can tell you what a fabulous experience it is. I mean, the travel agent community and their knowledge uh, about differentiation of experiences is enormously valuable. Um, so Noel, you were saying earlier that, you know, you're up against that iconic, you know, image of the past of Dallas, um, with this, you know, iconic television show and it's still airing in parts of the world. I think you said Australia. Um, so I guess how has that evolved and, you know, how are you continually trying to differentiate Dallas, um, as a destination and then, um, rich, you don't have, um, the benefit or burden of a 1980s soap opera, at the, but at the same time, <laughs> there's a lot of rich history. Um, as you've been saying, you know, the company ran the first non-scientist cruises to Antarctica and the Galapagos. Um, so I guess we'll start with you. So how have you worked to establish, um, the company's identity? So uh, obviously the Lindblad name is, is, you know, still considered pioneering in, in, in the world of expedition travel. Um, and, and that is an enormous asset to us, you know, uh, Sven Lindblad, our, our current president, and uh, his father, Lars Eric, who kind of pioneered the, the space. Um, Sven, Sven is v- himself uh, very much an explorer and, a, and a, 
you know, a conservationist and, and he's a, the very public face of the company. Uh, and it's an enormously valuable to have someone like that. Who's, who's passionate about what we do, who's immensely focused on, on the guest experience, uh, and is incredibly protective of the regions that we travel so that future generations will be able to have a similar experience, um, as the people that are traveling with us now. Uh, and, and our partnership with National Geographic kind of reinforces that too. Um, so this year, you know, I think, uh, you know, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of that first expedition uh, trip to Antarctica in 1966. And we're actually celebrating it for two years because in 1967 was the first uh, uh, expedition trip to the Galapagos. And so we've kind of built an overarching campaign or that we, you know, that we call our expedition heritage campaign, reinforcing, uh, you know, our long experience in this space, uh, reinforcing the fact that this is all that we do. Uh, and therefore we're in, in immensely focused on, on delivering the absolute best, uh, experience possible. Um, and that, you know, we think that we provide, our guests with, uh, I'll use the word again, the most immersive, authentic experience that there is. So history, you're really, um, is really on your side. It is. Yeah, this, yeah, very much. Yeah. Whereas you, Noel, are, are maybe <laughs> working against those historic stereotypes. Um, and I wanted to get to how you're really trying to put the focus on neighborhoods and also luxury. So, so how are you kind of working to still move past that 1980s, um, Big hair, big hat. I actually uh, didn't see a lot of ten gallon hats when I was in Dallas, <laughs> yeah. so nor, I can attest. Nor that did I. Nor much did has I. changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and of course we have the Real Housewives of Dallas going on right now, which I barely ever mention. <laughs> 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 but you know, it does it does provide some imagery. I think even just of places where they go, whether it be to eat or they went to a charity event at the Dallas Arboretum. You know, there is some imagery there that I think piques people's interest and says, oh, I didn't know Dallas, you know, had that um, that much greenery even or, you know, those types of experiences. Um, but, you know, one thing that Rich said earlier in regards to travel agents, I mean, the truth is getting people here is really important to us. Um, getting journalists here to come and experience our city and to take them on a craft brewery tour through Deep Ellum, um, you know, or into Bishop Arts District to do some live music, you know, on a Saturday night. Getting someone else to have the experience and share that story is really important to us because, as you guys both know, when you come here, it's very obvious, right? I mean, the minute you get here, you understand this is probably different than anything you probably expected if you've never been to Dallas or you haven't been here in a while. I think the other part of that is large events, particularly for us, they're sporting events. So having things like the Final Four Championship here. You know, later this year, we'll have the first um, Elite Rodeo Association, um, you know, professional rodeo coming. That will be a 10-day experience. And so what happens when you have 150,000 people come to Dallas, they get the experience, right? And through all that social activity, the pictures that they're posting, the stories that they'll share when they go back home, um, that really helps to change the perception. So for us, it's about bringing more events of that nature to our city, right? Because that's when I get kind of a really big bang for my buck and having that many people in town. Because I know that when they get here, they're gonna have a great time. They're gonna get an opportunity to experience live music in Dallas. I mean, I know Austin is the live music capital, right? Nashville probably wish they would have trademarked that a, while, a long time ago. <laughs> um, 
but there's a lot of live music here in Dallas and in several of our different entertainment districts, you know, on any given night, you're going to just walk up and down the street and be able to engage, you know, six different bars and restaurants with live music going on. Um, you can tell people that, but they really need to experience it for themselves or they need to have a friend experience and come back and tell them that. Um, and so, you know, working on getting those, you know, three day festivals or, you know, a public conference that makes a whole lot of sense because it's again, authentic to what Dallas is really about. Um, those are the things that we're focusing on. You know, how do we bring something like that to the city that becomes something that happens every year that people start saying, you have to go to Dallas at least once so that you can go experience X, you know, and, and we're really focused on that. And we're really looking for partners to help collaborate with something like that because, the more people we have experience our product, the more people we know will have positive things to say about it because it really is a great experience for a lot of people that is unexpected. Great. Rich and Noel, thank you so much. This has been great. Really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you.